Welcome back to Hold My Popcorn, where this week we're going to be bringing you two episodes of Masterpiece Theater, a.k.a. Law & Order SVU. And our SVU expert, Timmy, will be leading these shows. So take it away, Timmy. We're gonna, that's right, Max. We're going to be doing Law & Order SUV. I'm sorry, SVU. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be doing two episodes today. One episode, ep- season three, episode two, Wrath is it titled, right? Wrath. What a great title. Actually, we're going to be splitting these into two, aren't we, Max? <laughs> <laughs> we that will be released on different days. Yeah. We're going to be doing one episode today. It's season three, episode two. Wrath. It's a great episode. <laughs> Olivia Benson. Oh, she's the target of some serial killer's wrath. Boom. I'm using the title in the first sentence. This is great, everybody. Isn't this great? All right. Yeah. Um... So we got Bill. We got Bill here as, with us as well. We got Bill Dooley up in Portland. Don't don't Bill. Drag how me. you doing? Don't drag me into Swip! this. Oh boy, there he is. Thanks, thanks, Max. Thanks, Max. <laughs> uh, I'm doing I'm doing well, Tim. Wonderful to hear your voice leading this podcast. Somebody with a little bit of a confidence and respect uh, at the helm of the show is a is a nice change of pace. So uh, I thank you, Bill. Bill. Honestly, I f- I'm feeling like you might want to be taking over the show soon. I, you know, I know it's been talked about. Um, you know, me and me and John are on the backside. You know, having some discussions about killing Max. Yeah, uh, but you know, we're yep. we're not we're not quite there yet. We're gonna let him run it into the ground a little bit more, so that when we bring it back up out of the fire you know it's it's a little bit more of a phoenix type situation that's, that's okay I'm that's great you, fu- you you guys been talking about bill taking over anybody who's over the age of 30 with a child and plays dungeons and dragons is automatically disqualified <laughs> uh that's rude i mean i think there's a lot of people that could possibly po- listen to this uh listen to this podcast that play dungeons and dragons match i'm helping bring you in a whole different demographic so you're welcome. Yeah. How many of those guys from Dungeons and Dragons have listened to an episode of this podcast? None. Absolutely. No, no, no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Two. Two. I, uh, Two episodes. <laughs> exactly. I, they probably have. I know that. I, I, two of them I know listened to the one where we talked about, I think, our favorite superhero movies. Um, and then I don't know if they've listened to anything since then. Good. Keep up the good work, Bill. I do what I can. And down in Nashville, we got Max. Max, how are you doing? Doing great, Timmy. My wife and I did a double feature of a couple of comedy classics the other day. We watched Twins Fall by Ace Ventura, so I'm feeling extra dumb today. <laughs> That's good. You did that after you watched the two SVU episodes, right? Yes. Sorry, one SVU episode. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, I got to say, though, before we start... I know yep. we've been doing this uh, Law & Order SVU Ice-T character for our show for about a year now, so I'm really happy that uh, you decided to pick two SVU episodes that barely have Ice-T in them. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> well, here's the thing. <laughs> I'm I'm bigger fan of Dr. Wong than I am of Ice-T. Well, there's no fun in making, making fun of Dr. Wong, because he just sounds like, like Val Kilmer. <laughs> No, but you're making fun of Dr. Wong because he's obviously a psychopath who studies psychopaths. Mm, it's true. And he did create all those dinosaurs, too. He did create all those dinosaurs. Mm. Dr. B.D. Wong. That's not his name in the show, but I don't know what his first name is. No. Who cares? <laughs> Anyways. Anywho. Getting into the episode here. So the episode starts with a couple of liars. I mean scientists. <laughs> at a body farm. <laughs> Check it on their bodies when they find out when they find three bodies that don't belong to them, which is a weird thing to say that these bodies don't belong to us. 
Yeah. Um, a little fun fact, too. So the country's first body farm uh, started at the University of Tennessee's campus. Interesting. All right. Yep. And then for decades, all the skeletons, once they decomposed, were stored in the uh, in an office below Neyland Stadium. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's, yep. That's when you guys were winning all the championships. Yeah, they just moved out in 2017. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That must have been part of the, the championship winning, but, you know, what are you going to do? My, my question, Max, is do you know whether or not um, the bodies at, at the body farm there were, were kept, like, literally three feet away from the fence? You, did you notice in the episode that, like... <laughs> There was like it was like a literally probably five or six steps away from the perimeter fence where they just had like corpses lying around on the ground. I feel like that would be a bit of a problem. Like you would think there might be a little bit of a little bit more of a perimeter around around just a a collection of dead bodies rotting in the wood. Not only that, Bill, but there's a kinder care next to the fence. (laughs) (laughs) Full glass windows, too. You really think they'd zone that better? yeah. Yeah. Typical New York. Yeah. yeah. They Just like to spice what, it up over there. <laughs> if a kid ain't seen a dead body by the time it's five, it's going to be a queer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you see this guy over here? Yeah, they said they wanted him in a truck. I just hung him over the fence. <laughs> uh, all right. So then, we're meet, then we meet Detective Elliot Stabler. Shows up to meet Special Agent Talbert and uh, the liars. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean scientists. <laughs> And we find all the victims, the three victims that were dumped there, all of a connection to SVU and Detective Olivia Benson in particular. Then the theme song comes in. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I really enjoy that. That intro was a, was a nice. I haven't watched a Law and Order in a long time. And like the way Me that either. it ends where they're all just sitting around a table looking at one manila folder and they stop and look at the, the, the camera. That is just that is classic. I mean, I know it's early two thousands, but that was just that was just classic nineties right there. I know it's it, great. It reminds me of Anchorman when they're all just trying to distract uh, yeah the woman, and they just all look up at the same time, and she's looking the other way. Yeah, or they actually do that bit in Anchorman where they tr- they like have to do the uh, yeah like the news intro. Yeah, yeah, it's so funny. Cornerstone. They they just like tap Cornerstone on the shoulder so she looks the other way, and they all look up smiling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah by the way tolbert i don't know if you guys watched the wire but uh he was he was a big part of that show he was uh, the boss on that show big asshole got two wire act- actors in this episode actually the wheelchair dude too also from the wire who wait who, oh really who was tolbert in this episode so he was that FBI agent at the beginning. The uh, one who's like, you need to get rid of that broad. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's the one. He basically has no role in this episode other than just go tell the captain that uh, Benson needs to be benched. Mariska, by the way, not looking so good with uh, the short hair. Really? Oh, I don't agree not with you there, Max. Yeah, no I, way. I disagreed, you know. She looks better with the long hair. I liked. I like her in these early seasons. Uh, yeah, I, I liked it too. So yeah. good stock by her too. Um, her mom was Jane Mansfield. I don't know if you guys know know her who uh, she was. She was total fucking smoke show in the '60s. And then uh, her dad was a uh, a famous bodybuilder who won the 1955 Mr. Universe. Well, Damn. well, well. Good genes. Yeah, definitely good genes. Yeah, I'll have to look her up. <laughs> definitely look up Jane Mansfield. Hubba, hubba. So Elliot. Arrives back, back to raping stuff. All right, go ahead. Elliot Tim. arrives back at the station, and Olivia's already bitching him out. 
<sighs> saying you should have, I should have been on this case. I'm lead detective. These are all my cases. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, Jesus, Elliot, does Elliot need another wife? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but then they go, then they go straight into describing the victims. All the victims have a, a link to, to Olivia victim. One father of a rape victim that Olivia was dealing with back in the day. And, um, fu- Victim two, Carmela Barnates. I think I wrote that right. <laughs> the names don't matter, Tim. Yeah. Dead person two. Yeah. Dead person two. Raped and beaten. <laughs> but she's in the she was in the, the body farm too. And then victim three. Oh, this is a sad one. Clayton Derricks, a young child. <laughs> Olivia. Tim, Tim. Oh, that's too bad. Tim. You hate to see that. <laughs> I, I gotta, I gotta ask for some clarification. Are we saying that the other rape victims are not sad? <laughs> yeah, they have more time to live. Listen, Bill. This is semantics. Okay, this is all semantics. I see what you're trying to do. Right. You're trying to get me in trouble. That was a gotcha question. And if, and if you want me to be on the record, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying they don't matter. <laughs> God. Uh, there's a whole thing here where Detective Munch says that all the victims were drugged and their deaths were painless and then Ice-T says like that makes the difference Uh, (laughs) I think that makes a big difference (laughs) Ice-T first off these people had traumatic awful lives so at least they didn't suffer before they were murdered but like secondly I'm gonna gonna put on my amateur criminal psychologist psycho hat here for a minute guys but uh, secondly you can categorize serial killers in the two big subgroups when it comes to the act of killing which is process killers and then product killers. So process killers, they actually get off on killing people. Like they, they enjoy doing the actual killing and all that hor- you know, horrific shit. Like um, the Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez was a night was a uh, was a process killer. Like he would just rape and murder people in their house and just leave them in their bed. And then you got the product killers who don't enjoy killing. Um, they just want to get to the body to have fun with that. So I mean, that's like Jeffrey Dahmer who would. He didn't necessarily enjoy killing people. He would have to get like blackout drunk to do it. But the reason why he would do it is because he wanted to turn all these people into like his own sex slaves. So I know like that. I feel like that is going to make a difference when you're looking at a suspect and it's like, okay, does this guy get off on murdering people or does he want to do something else about it? Especially when it comes to like interrogation. Yep. Yep. I agree. That's honestly why I... I kind of disagree a little bit that like Ice T isn't in, isn't in these like he's maybe not as a prominent figure as he is in the later seasons, but his role in like the earlier seasons is just to say dumb shit. <laughs> I know. He just says like dumb offhanded comments that everyone like. I would imagine everyone in the police house is looking at him like with a cock eye, like what is this guy on about? <laughs> like that makes a difference. Well, that's a perfect segue, Max, because now we meet the captain, we meet Detective Finn Tutuola. Detective Munch and Ooh. Munch goes through, you know, all the links to Olivia to Finn's just over there fucking playing with the spit, making dumb comments. The captain, the captain's great. Gotta love the captain. Right. But anyways, Benson like and, a turtle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he definitely yeah. does. He's like Mitch McConnell's brother. <laughs> he, does look like Mitch McConnell. he looks like Mitch McConnell without three chins. Right. Exactly. It's, it's, uh, it's a little confusing in this scene though. They're, they're like, the, the captain makes a point of like, all right, good. Like, we've got that all covered. You know, let's find out what connects them other than Olivia. I like, I, I was, as soon as they said, like, these are all Olivia's cases, I was like, oh, Olivia's the connection. Like, what, what yeah. do you mean? Why do you need, to, that seems like a pretty, pretty solid connection right there that you should, you should probably start with. 
Uh, I don't understand. Yeah, we should look at jaded suspects <laughs> or people that you've been arrested before by her or yeah. have been the, tried and gone to other, jail. The other connection, Bill, is that these three were the the dumb enough ones to go try and pick up a computer in Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, I mean, that's that was a bad move. <laughs> it was probably just like a handwritten note. You win a computer. And they're like, hey, I win a computer. I'm going to, I got to meet this guy in this alley at midnight. <laughs> Ice T comes back at the end of the show and goes, I found a connection. They're all from New York. <laughs> <laughs> they're not even all from New York, Ice T. They just live in New York. The poor, unfortunate kid that his death yeah. was more important than the other two. He's actually from New Jersey. Oh, man. Yeah, right. Making his story yep. all the more unfortunate. I know. Well, it's actually a, a redemption story, Bill, because he finally got out of New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But anyways, Benson and Stabler go to the son of victim one's house, which leads them to Victor Clausen, the perp that killed victim one's daughter back in the day. Right. So Stabler puts on some old, good old fashioned police brutality on Clausen oh and Clausen <laughs> finds out he has a. And they find out he has an alibi. He was at a Lamaze class, so they can rule him out as a suspect. This whole scene, just all around, made me so uncomfortable. And maybe it's because I'm just not used to watching this show anymore, and there's just so much fucking dark shit going on. But, like, they just, like, you're, like, I don't know, what, seven minutes into the episode, and you're introduced to a rape-murder uh, uh person somebody who committed rape and murder and got away with it who is now just attending Lamaze classes and laying down carpet at people's like i know that that stuff i guess like there are people out there that that is a real that's real life that people like that out there exist but oh that made me so uncomfortable and then at the same time i made like i kind of feel sympathetic for him when he just starts throwing him against the van and putting like a gun to his head and threatening like threatening to put him in jail and like get him murdered by saying that he's like touching little kids like i don't know maybe it's like the world we're living in now but wow that police brutality really that did not feel good that didn't feel good at all in textbook police work. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Textbook excessive police work. force and threatening prison rape. That's yeah. what every good cop does. Everyone else watching that is like everyone else watching uh, SVU is like Jesus. These people, these people are kind of playing fast and loose with the rules here. Every cop is out there, but like that's textbook. They taught you that in the academy. He's a good cop. Yeah, the only thing that 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 he didn't do right is that guy wasn't black. Yeah. You should have given him a wedgie, a wedgie and a wet willy before before you left. <laughs> Slap him in the face. Show him that you mean business. Oh, my God. So, anyways, they find out that Clausen isn't involved, right? But Finn and Munch are following a different lead. They go to Clayton, the young boy who was killed, foster mom's house, which leads them to Clayton's best friend at an orphanage. And they find out that Clayton got a, a flyer, that he won a, a free computer, and he needed some cab fare to get there. Seems legit. You would, you would think an orphan child would be more sus- more suspicious of free hand giveaways like that. I mean, He's, they should yeah. be a little more knowledgeable on the ways of the world. Right. Yeah. Not you even think that, Oliver an Twist child would have. Who, who's been brutally raped in his orf- in his fucking orphanage too. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. I think you'd be a little skittish to go into like places that you don't know anybody right. or strangers telling you to come visit them or yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing. Like this guy, this like the orphan, the friend of the kid is like heady enough to ask for badges from the cops right. when they walk in. And then this dumbass 
<laughs> I went from being like, oh, this, this is the sad one to this dumbass kid. <laughs> Stupid ass, dumbass, tragic kid. This dumbass kid is walking around just thinking everyone's giving away free computers. I mean, look, guys, I know victim blaming is a bad thing, but when the person's an idiot, I mean, what are you supposed to do? You know, it's, it's a good point, Bill. Well, it was very unfortunate that the kid was a big proponent of karma. So he thought things were going to be coming his way for once. He's like, finally, I'm catching a break. Yeah. Free computer. Can't wait. Dead. Nope. <laughs> Dead inside of a body farm next to a fence. So Stabler and Benson find out that Barnates, victim two, Claudia Barnates, also got a flyer what? for a free computer. Starting to get a pattern here, right, fellas? Oh, geez. And then they find out that Cordell, victim one, also won a free computer. Get out of here. Now... Town the gears are really turning in Finn's brains. He's like, I think there's a pattern here. And everyone else is like, yeah, they all got lured to get a free computer. And he's like, I don't think that's it. Killer computers. <laughs> you know, watch out for these hard drives. They somehow have like spikes and swords and guns inside of them. They're killing all these people. <laughs> you tell me these computers killed these three people? <laughs> no, no, Finn. We're No, we're saying we think that someone lured them to get the free computers and they killed them when they got there. So you tell me they killed them with a computer. No, we don't think there's computers involved other than just to get them there. So you tell me that the zombie apocalypse starts from a computer. That's where the real virus starts. Why don't you go play with these bubbles over in the corner? <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, so anyways, they find the address where the office of the office where they're all lured to get the computers and then, uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> then dun dun, they find out the name of the fake prom- promotion company giving away the computers is actually Olivia spelled backwards. Dun dun dun. God. I really, I really enjoyed the building manager of that scene. He didn't give a shit <laughs> about awesome. what happened. He just like, he's just no. like, I'm not liable. This isn't my fault. That's exactly yep. how I would be too. Yeah. I didn't know he was a felon. Oh, that was later. That's later. Never mind. Yeah, I'm, sorry. Yeah. I'm, getting, I'm getting too far ahead here. That's like everyone in New York, too. Immediately, <laughs> immediately goes to, I'm not, don't blame me. <laughs> I just love the fact that the cops are never in the same place for more than two minutes in this show. It is just constantly just jumping from one place to the next, oh like every God. 65 seconds. It moves okay. so fast. And these yeah. episodes, these two episodes I picked, I fucked myself because they move faster than the rest of them. Oh my like god! These these move faster than to, most of them. Tim, you're talking about the computer thing. I'm like, I thought that might have been like a like like a bail thing or something. Like I I wasn't even really paying attention to the episode to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to write shit down. I just didn't want to pause it. I'm like where where are they now? Where they at, they're at a bail bondsman, right? I, I'll be honest. No, that's later. I sa- I started taking. Oh, that is. I surreal. took like okay. I took like like two lines and notes and like I would have had to pause the entire so I just stopped taking notes I'm going purely off of memory because that was just moving yep. the conversation was way too fast to try and like keep up with notes and they're jumping between scenes like things are developing they're finding stuff like every every 10 seconds like there's new develop. Like you couldn't possibly keep up with it if you were trying to write bum bum okay alright bum bum slow down <laughs> bum bum slow down I have seven pages of notes <laughs> for a forty-two-minute episode. Yeah, perfect. Well, because I just oh and I just kept like typing. Oh, I gotta get this all. What's happening? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Why did I pick a show from two thousand and two? 
<laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, so, anyways, they find out that the fake promotion company is actually Olivia spelled backwards. Now oh my Finn's god! Re- now Finn's really thinking this has something to do with Olivia. <laughs> uh, but then they go back to the station house, and we're introduced to my favorite character in the whole show: FBI psychiatrist and profiler Doctor Wong. And he's given <laughs> Doctor 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 Dirty Wong. Dr. Wong. And he starts giving uh, the team a profile, and we find out that these murders are all about Olivia. That's when, <laughs> that's when Tutuola <laughs> got, finally caught up. <laughs> it's when it Finn. only took him 15 years of, uh, of doctor school to figure that out. Yeah, exactly. Doctor school. God, I snuck. Yeah, this, this fucking double feature, comedy double feature I did the other night really did wonders to my brain. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what are you going to school for? Doctor. Doctoring. I'm being a doctor of stuff. Okay. Um, All right. you, I always like that D.B. Wong is always constantly uh, smirking in these episodes. Yes, Have you noticed that? he is. Yeah, because he's, he's a sociopath. so fucking cocky. So smug. It's like, I know something that you don't. <laughs> Dude, honestly, the last episode, there's only one way to end Law and RSVU. There's only one way to end the whole series and it's that Dr. Wong is the most prolific serial killer ever. <laughs> He's killed like a thousand people, right? And they have to catch him. Every like, like that's the every only way to end episode SVU. that they didn't have like a satisfactory ending or they didn't quite figure out definitively who it was actually turns out to be BD Wong. That would be exactly great. And then you just need to have a have a quick cut, and it's always the same cut over and over again of just DB Wong going to his apartment and like putting in a lockbox and like putting like a like a one like single bone in a lockbox and shutting it, and exactly. then the show ends. But it's literally yep. the same fucking scene. <laughs> fifteen years later, it's like he hasn't he's he has not aged at all. Like he's still fifteen <laughs> years younger. It's just the he same shot over and over again. He genuinely hasn't aged if you've seen him. No, he's not. <clears throat> yeah. He still looks the same for Jurassic Park. Right. Okay. Um, here we go. I'm just trying. We haven't to get got to the good up. stuff yet. Yeah, I'm trying to get caught up on my notes. Um, this is the wonder of editing. Yeah. No, leave all this. Leave all this dead silence in there. That's the way to do it, Max. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the next thing I'm I got here, to- Tim, is a quote yeah. from Ice T that says, "Ponytails and berets still make you hot, fat boy." Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that, that. was that's such a great line, such a great line. Well, so basically, then what happens is they just keep going through like they just keep going through different perps that Olivia has collared. One of them being that guy who got chemically castrated, right? Right. Yeah, that's the ponytail dude. Yeah. Yeah. So and then they um. It's all people that like. It's all people that they they that are free out out in the world and have like could potentially have a grudge against Olivia. So it's like, exactly. It is like Olivia's like, this is, this is like her worst nightmare of reliving the past for people that like despise her. What, what, what captain in their right mind would keep the, keep her on this case. She is not in (laughs) any way going to be unbiased. And she has to like relive all the like worst mistakes and like worst crimes that she dealt with. I'm signing off a more OT, Olivia. Go get him. (laughs) (laughs) Captain Cragen, that's who. Worst decision maker (laughs) in this side of the Mississippi. (laughs) 
Captain, I really, I really think you got to pull this woman off the case. I mean, she is clearly not handling this very well mentally. You're wrong. I've already made my decision. She stays on. She's got it. She's just. She's lead. She's like crying in the corner, collapsed. <laughs> she's a strong woman. Yeah, she's just on a period. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Man, you yeah. got some. Those are some just top-notch instincts by you, Captain. <laughs> It's the booze talking. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, so basically, it's just a, after they, B.D. Wong comes in, gives the profile, it's just a series of Benson and Stabler, or Finn and, Finn and Munch, going to like all these other criminals that Olivia's uh, arrested over the years, and just like some good lines in there. Like, oh, the, God. Oh, boy. Jesus. <laughs> like that? That was, yeah. that was in the shit. That was in the episode. That was a great line. Leave that, that one. Stabler uh, kicked that dude in the shin and then punched him with the uppercut to the chin. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> but so they just go through, find all these people. It really comes down to like none of them are actually involved in any of this shit. So they're just this is all just like throwaway filler time in the yep. episode. And then they find out that there is one guy who still holds a grudge against Olivia. He was a wrongfully convicted rapist. Eric Plummer, the brother so they, from Weeds. Yeah, exactly. Who's like he's literally a stoner in every other role he's ever been in. <laughs> I know he kind of looked weird in this. Yeah. So Benson Benson uh, goes to talk to the wife of Eric Plummer, ex-wife of Eric Plummer, um, and she is not happy with her. And from this, you can discern that perhaps her husband is her ex-husband is not that happy with her. I would imagine. I mean, if. I, I'm just going to say this. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I mean, if I was wrongfully convicted of a brutal rape murder and then was like systematically raped in prison for seven years before I got out, I'd probably be a little upset too. I don't know, Max. I mean, I get what you're saying. I, I definitely understand, but I think I feel I have a very strong control of my anger uh, to a point where I really, I don't think I would hold that grudge. I, I um, you know, that's why you're not the host of this podcast. Bro. <laughs> Listen, I mean, maybe it opened up some sexual, uh, you know, maybe it awakened him sexually. Yeah, It caused him yeah. to explore, you know what I mean? Maybe that's why he, you know, I was wondering if the wife is protecting him so much, you know, why'd they get divorced in the first place? Maybe that's it, Tim. Maybe you just found the answer. Yeah, he's gay. No. Boom. Yeah. That's, there you that's go. how it works, right? And she's very supportive. Yeah, that's how exactly <laughs> how it works, Bill. There's no other way that you can become gay other than that. Oh, God. Be gay a little bit. Should be a little bit gay in prison. <laughs> in jail, it ain't gay. So anyway, so uh, <laughs> after after they go talk to the wife and get shut down, then Benson and Slater go their separate ways. Benson's she's uh, acting a little depressed. Cut scene to her being at home asleep, middle of the night. Her apartment buzzer starts going off. Very eerie here. Mm. Then she gets up, presses the. The talk button says, who's there? You got the wrong apartment. Next thing you know, buzzer starts going again. So Olivia, being a strong, independent woman, grabs her gun, goes down, checks it out, right? Right. Finds out no one's there anymore. There's a toothpick stuck in the, the buzzer. But what does she see? A box from- What's their, in the box? What's in the box? A body. A box with a dead guy <laughs> in it. <laughs> dead guy. This poor podcaster going through law school went back to his cardboard home and found a murdered man inside of it. Yeah. Poor guy. Poor Preble. 
<laughs> it's really going to diminish that cardboard yeah. box home value. So it's it's so hard to get dead body smell out of cardboard too. <laughs> oh yeah, it just seeps into it. it really you know does. I mean, Bill? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you is I- is the uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tim. No, I was going to say, you know what works? Ajax. <laughs> Ajax. <laughs> so is the dude in the in the box, is that the kid's, like the uh, the dead that's kid's the, dad? That's the dead kid's dad, yeah. the guy okay. who abused him. I just put that together right now because Tim yep. had said, guess who it was before I interrupted him. <laughs> I'm like, I know who it is now. I watched yep. the episode. I didn't know. <laughs> okay. Does Benson, what's, what's the name, Benson? Does Benson sleep on a pullout couch? It, it seems like, like she's... She, yeah, right? seems like she's either sleeping on a futon or like a uh, a Murphy bed. <laughs> you are a thirty five year old detective. You need to get a fucking bed. Yeah, you're never gonna make get a man like that, Olivia. <laughs> yeah, they're always gonna be dead in boxes if you don't have a fucking bed. Yeah, how funny would it be if it was like a romantic comedy like scene where she goes, "All the men I meet are dead," <laughs> <laughs> and then it's just like a bear. Is there one not dead man left in this town for a girl like me? Yeah. <laughs> Aston, Kutcher, Aston Kutcher and Jennifer Aniston in. Box sluts. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, sluts at the end is with two X's. Naturally, yeah. yeah. Uh, did Olivia lock herself out of her own apartment? Definitely. She did. She definitely did. Okay. Yep. Also... Yeah. No, no, uh, no security camera in front of that apartment, huh? Apparently not. Nope. Apparently no doorman not. and no security camera. A very rare thing in New York. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like that detective who um, investigates special victim units should probably get an apartment that either has security or a like a doorman. Right. That'd be me. That's what I would do. Just ask him to be molested. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. you know, when you also know that there's somebody going out like murdering a whole bunch of people, like trying to harass you and like mess with you psychologically. I don't know if if you get somebody ringing your doorbell at three thirty four in the morning and you think it might be that person. I personally, me, you know, not being a police officer, would probably call to the police, uh, call the police and let them know, like, hey, this guy might be out here right now. Before I head down by myself at four in the morning. Right. Yeah. Classic yeah. mistake on her part. Shame. You know, as someone who regularly rings people's doorbells at three in the morning <laughs> with the hopes to, to lure them out. Right. I could tell you, the ones that call the police tend to not get murdered. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, usually the ones that Tim's uh, buzzing the doorbells for don't have jobs, so they're still up at three thirty in the morning. That's true. That's the smoking, problem for Tim. They're smoking oh, weed fuck. and playing video games. <laughs> what the fuck you doing up at 3.30 in the morning? I don't have a job. <laughs> ah, that's why I was uh, That's why I'm that's trying to kill you. Right. Okay. Well, now that you opened the door, do you mind if I kill you? Sure. Yeah, all right. Uh, I was going to say okay. I'm helping them, but that's next episode, so go on, Tim. <laughs> all right. So after the they find the body in the box, there's a whole mad scramble. And cut scene to the FBI guy showing up for his, you know, every 15 minute uh, ritual of going, you got to take Benson off the case, Captain. And Captain goes. (laughs) And then this guy, the important piece of information this guy had to relay to them is that uh, apparently Olivia is the one that bailed out Clayton's dad so that he could be killed, which obviously wasn't true, but it's Uh a done, done moment. 
I didn't notice that either. Shows how much I feel like I'm watching this episode for the first time with Tim. This is great. <laughs> Very detailed notes I took. So, anyways, they go to the bail bondsman where the bail was gotten from to let Clayton's uh, dad out, and apparently it was the person that bailed him out was Oliver Benson. Ah, good yep. play. I lo- I'm yep. loving all of the play on Olivia's name. It's great. It's like it's like they had a writer and just to do puns, especially. You guys know uh, <laughs> One Direction has a song named called Olivia. Really good. It's a catchy tune. You should listen to it sometime. One Direction. What is this? 1998? No. No, that's I like. I think they were born then. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's like 2012, probably. Yeah. Is, is, is it about mass rape and murder? And, uh, and having dead bodies left out in the woods of New York for scientists you know to find? Subtly, it might be. I should go back and listen to it. Hmm. Hmm. It all depends. I mean, if it's about 1980s Ireland, then yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the bail bond guy, though. No ID. It's not good. Yeah, he did one of do those. his job. He did, he did his job very poorly. Yeah, he's doing it wrong. Yeah, the bail bondsman, I mean... You know, a very ups- typically a profession, uh, you know, practiced by very upstanding people, and this guy is <laughs> give, really given a bad name. I think it's a, it's a shame. It's really unfortunate. Right. Yep. So then, what happens? <laughs> they find it. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> uh, so they find out. That Eric Plummer works at a lab and has access to the drugs that killed the victims. Get out of town. Get out of town. Oh my God. So they go to Eric's, they go to Plummer's lab, you know, place of work, and they find out that he's working under a pseudonym, Norman Weber. Well, I'm just confused. All right. So what exactly is his role at this lab? Is he like a traveling salesman for a chemical lab company? Unclear, Bill. I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> that made I thought that he no just collects the specimens. No, he was like it, a, a pro- no. I I, I don't he know. Did what he like is. home assessments. He was. Ta- they were talking about going out to like clients' places or something like that, or making calls. Like, I I just don't understand what what lab does that. I, not any that I know of. Not any that I know, and I mean. I've I've had I had at least some experience with labs in in my my line of my line of work so far in life and they uh they typically don't are not in the business of going out to clients locations and doing anything. It's right. pretty pretty centralized to you know a lab. <laughs> hmm. He's probably just a secretary. R- but they're like he's in a lab. He's got drugs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's just going out to get like dry cleaning and coffee and so right. killing people, <laughs> killing yeah. people, you know. normal stuff, normal stuff secretaries do, just doing your routine, right? Mm-hmm. But then they don't find Weber at the lab, the lab, and they go back to the <laughs> they, go, they go back to the station house again. Cutscenes like every fucking 30 just seconds, there, stop cuts, just, yeah, it's just a different, different scene. And then Dr. Wong tries to shrink Olivia's head and Olivia's like, don't shrink my head. <laughs> I swear to God, they must have had like a bet. The, the director of this must have had a bet like, all right, you can know you can't have more than three lines per location. Oh, boy, that's going to be tough. But OK, right. let's do it. <laughs> he made it work. Definitely. Yeah. 
I would love to see Law and Order's budget. It's, it's probably like it's like an eighty million dollar budget per season. It's just the amount of like just locations they have to go to for somebody to say, "Yeah, yeah, I don't really know that guy. I haven't seen him." All right, right. yeah, shut down like a bodega. In the <laughs> Eight middle hours of, New York. of filming. Yeah, right. That guy? No, he was never in here. Dun dun. <laughs> <laughs> Your shoes untied. Dun dun. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Anybody want to get some lunch? Dun dun. <laughs> hey, pull oh, over here. I gotta take chips. a shit. Dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> oh my god. Well, DB he pretty much says that the guy's a missionary killer, which is another subgroup, which like he thinks that he's helping these people by killing them. Which exactly. shows how fucking crazy and insane you are when you logically think that you're helping somebody by murdering them. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely helping the people that don't have jobs that I kill. Yeah. Well, that's different. That's totally different, Max. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's economic I just wanna, stimulation. I just want to be clear and make sure that that's out in the in the public sphere that I've said that. You're providing, <laughs> to get you're providing a public service through murder. Right. Exactly. I would just like to thank this guy, though. Like, he's covered in blood. And he's like talking to like a street sign, being like, "Can you believe this guy didn't even thank me?" <laughs> the nerve! People these days. Let's go pants on. But anyway, so after after um, Doctor Wong tries to shrink Olivia's head, it turns out Plummer shows up with his lawyer because he's heard people have been you've been talking shit about me, bro. You've been saying I murder people. Shows up with his lawyer, um, and then Stabler, Stabler, the captain, ADA, and Plummer. They interview Plummer, where he tells him all about getting Shawshanked in prison. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> please don't, please don't trivialize my experience. <laughs> yeah, he was he was kind of like a little effeminate there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I signed up for the army when I was drunk to impress a girl, and then I left. Oh wait, wrong show. Sorry. <laughs> Never mind. Um. A little trivia fact here. So the uh, the the defense attorney, he's actually married to Mariska Hargitay in real life. They met while filming this episode. Sam knew really? that when we were watching this episode. She pointed that out. I should have I should have remembered that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how she. What a random does Sam thing watch, to know. Does Sam watch the show Younger on younger? TV Land? Yeah, with Hillary Duff. I don't think so. No. Well, that guy's on that show. I don't know. I don't really talk to my wife too much, so who knows. <laughs> It's the way it should be, Bill. <laughs> we live in separate sides of the house. You know, we try not to interact too much. So she might. It's how Yahweh intended. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yahweh. Oh, good. Good. So after after the interview with Plummer, um, Benson, Finn, and Munch go out uh, to a bar, start filling up beers halfway. And uh, <laughs> yes, terrible bunch. Terrible bunch fucking sucks at pouring beer. Oh my yeah. god, it's that was brutal too. to watch. All foam and stops like a third of the way up, and then like it goes to two thirds with foam. Right, that was brutal. You got to think like Richard Bell's. Richard Belzer plays Munch. He's a famous stand-up comedian. You'd mm. think he'd be like more adept at filling up beers or like be better at being in a bar. But he was terrible at that. I would just like to think that, like, he intentionally got it wrong for fifteen tanks and just takes and just got absolutely hammered. And that was like, what? Well, that was one of the last ones. He's just like sloshing the beer on the ground, can't <laughs> pour a cup. He did take a sip of it, so that might be true, <laughs> right? Um, 
as a former bartender, I mean, I'm a sucker for things like that on TV and movies when they just when an actor doesn't know how to pour a beer. It's like, have you never worked in the food industry? You're a fucking actor. Seriously. What the fuck were you doing before this? Um, also, that guy munched a little trivia fact, too. Um, he is uh, the comedian in uh, the movie Scarface when all those uh, the bad dudes start shooting at Al Pacino in his nightclub. <laughs> he's, he's the one who's doing a stand up routine. Yeah. Well, yeah, like he is a like a really famous comedian. I think he was like the uh, the MC at like Caroline's for a, a very long time. But he's like a very famous standard comedian. But almost like in a way like David Tell is like he's like never left New York. So yeah. He never like you know got that notoriety. So he was uh, on Homicide: Life on the Street, where he played the same character from like ninety three to ninety nine, and then he jumped yeah. to this show in ninety nine, and he did he played the same character until twenty eighteen. So if you watch if you watch SVU first season, you realize that they were trying. He was going. He was like supposed to be one of like the like lead. he was supposed to be the co star, yeah. right? He was supposed to be him and another person. We're gonna be like the leads of this, and then I think the writers were like, "Oh yeah, this isn't oh, going well. Act. He sucks. He's <laughs> <laughs> not good. So he's gonna like have no lines. <laughs> he was he was good as that weird ghosty guy, right? Exactly. On homicide. He cannot carry a show. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This thing is gonna get canceled in five five shows if we uh, if we let this keep going. Well, that was a good move because uh, they did okay. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. This show's still running. Um. So anyway, so Benson leaves the bar, but uh oh, someone's following her. But it turns out it's the FBI. But wait, Benson sees Plummer on the other side of the street. Or did she? Now she's hallucinating. But anyways, FBI turns out that, you know, there was a protective detail. But Benson's all pissed. Who put this protective detail on me? Oh, it was Stabler. <laughs> only only Rat put uh put put details on other cops without them knowing about it. Exactly. Right. Okay. Only rats who care about other people. Yeah. Yeah, she gets real you're upset stoop. about your stoop. Your stoop in your house with other people that don't live in it. In your <laughs> bed. With your bathrobe on and such. Bathrobe and your couch that you sit on and don't sleep on. Um, did anybody notice like once that scene ended, like she throws shade, walks away, and then she comes back and starts talking yes. again and there's no what audio? Was, what the fuck was that? What yeah, was that? I saw that too. That was just a bad cut. Oh, that was terrible. Yeah, how, was like how, the does, worst cut. how does nobody fix that? That's insane. I was baffled yeah. by that. I'm like, am I losing my mind? Yeah, I thought it was just something on M- like the, you know, I watched it on like uh, Peacock on NBC, whatever. Yeah. That app and uh, it, and I guess it, I guess it wasn't a glitch. No, no it was on it Prime was, too. It was on Prime, yeah. Oop. Yeah. Um. So anyways, so after Benson goes and, uh, has a period moment at Elliot's house. Um, <laughs> Benson goes to Cabot's office to tell her that Plummer's stalking her. Cabot tells her she doesn't. Have, Cabot tells her she doesn't have a case, and Benson leaves distraught again. So then yeah. Benson goes and gets reamed out by the captain, um, and she says she's taking some vacay time to get away from the case, but she's really not. Yeah, not not suspicious at all. That's like everything. Like uh, that happens in every cop movie, right? Fine, Captain. If you're gonna take me off the case, I'm just gonna go on vacation and keep working. Clearly, they never watched The Departed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, or True Detective, or True Detective, right. or, or any, any cop show, or, yeah, any, or cop any cop show. show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
So well, there's plenty um, of bartenders. Warden. Sorry, hold on. So I think after oh, this, baby. it's a DA. Right? Oh, so uh, then, yeah, they find out that uh, Plummer's uh, cellmate, sorry, Plummer's cellmate was probably passing notes between Plummer and his wife. So they want to see what Plummer was saying in those notes. So Cabot goes to strong arm DA Brad Wesley. Into yeah! Giving Plummer <laughs> from Roadhouse! <laughs> into giving Plummer's Woo! old cellmate a deal in exchange for evidence. <laughs> You give me those notes, and I'll give you your ass. <laughs> Welcome to my trophy room. Oh, God. I couldn't believe that was Brad Wesley. I was like, oh, fuck. It's Brad Wesley. I don't think I've ever seen him yeah. in anything else. He's really fallen a, a long way. He was awful in this episode. Oh, yeah. He's really bad. He only had like said two things. Good. No. It was the worst fucking delivery of, that's it, I'm done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. Get to, like, what the fuck is that? You can't do another take, Brad? Come on. I'm out of here. I'm out. I'm going back to my monster truck, and I'm going home. <laughs> you know who I am? I'm Brad Wesley. <laughs> Brad, you can't say uh, that. What? Uh, Perfect. Leave it in. So they get a warrant <laughs> for Mrs. Plummer's apartment, find the letters, and the drugs that they use in the murder. Oh my god! Yeah, mm-hmm. don't hide uh, your murder weapons and floorboards of your own fucking apartment. How did they like, find that? What? It was what? really weird. It was like it's right here. It's like what? Do you, like what is this? Like an Edgar Allan Poe fucking poem or something? Like yeah. you just found it in the floorboard, just like that. You didn't feet even of a around. crow, bro. <laughs> they're still like they're not like at There's a point where they're like cutting apart the furniture and like. You know, taking uh, taking sledgehammers to the wall, like they're still opening drawers. This is like <laughs> yes. the very early stages, and he just like squats down in the middle of the floor, takes out a knife, and peels up a tile. And like, oh, found it! Bingo! I definitely didn't plant this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's just detective sense, Bill. You'll never understand because you're not mm-hmm. a detective. I mean, that's that is true. Yep. Good. Mm-hmm. Good point, Tim. So Stabler Stabler goes to Plumber's job after they find this. Um, boss gives him his address, but dun dun, Olivia's already there. Um, when Benson gets the address, she hears shots fired, and the door opens, and Plummer has some has a gun to some Karen's head. I mean, I I think this is maybe a, a good time for for one of Max's. It's a trap. It's a trap. Yeah, there we go. Good. <laughs> good. <laughs> That's a good call, Bill. <laughs> Slowly uh, inching towards Team Bill. <laughs> we'll find out on Thursday if I'm fully on Team Bill. Tune in. Or don't. Uh or don't. Who gives a fuck? I don't Yeah. Care. Who's listening to this? This yeah. point? This is the test run. <laughs> so Benson goes in after Plummer and finds out Plummer's whole plan was to ruin her life and reputation. That's and also <laughs> Also his plan is to get killed by Benson, and there are no bullets in his gun. Who cares? Yeah, if so someone anyways, has somebody a fucking gunpoint, it doesn't matter if they have bullets or not. The way they end this episode, it's like she didn't have he didn't have any bullets, and then yeah. they show Mariska's face, and she's like, "What?" It's like, no, you did the right thing. Yet they had the dude had a fucking gun to an innocent woman's head. You fucking shoot him when he had the shot. And he's, he's murdered like four people. He's murdered four he's already. People, yeah. He's already yeah. admitted to murdering multiple people. Yeah, shoot him, in and the he's face. about to kill somebody else. Yeah, you fucking yeah. shoot him. 
Right. <laughs> Granted, maybe so don't anyway, unload your entire gun on the guy, but you'd at well, least shoot him once or twice. He, he shoot was him five also, times at least. He was also like, I mean, just like painting a picture that he was that this was what he was looking for. He, she was like, oh, don't, yeah. don't push me, don't do it, or I'll, you know, I'll, I'll do it, I'll do it. And he's like, I'm counting on it. I'm like, oh, okay, so you're you're looking for me to kill you? Yep. Right. This is a plan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, he didn't check the chamber of the gun. He could have had one bullet in the chamber. <laughs> shoots, yeah, shoots her in the head. He goes, oh, fuck, I didn't mean it. And then he gets shot like 18 times by <laughs> right. all the SWAT team that comes in. Right. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Come on, guys, cut me a break. I didn't mean to. It was an About accident. About a lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> it was an accident. Um. So anyways, yeah, so the episode ends. They sh- Olivia shot him in the chest, and then she gets all emo. <laughs> and won't answer Elliot's phone. The end. And then it just it ends. She yeah. just walks out of the room. Yep. I want to give my report. What would she say? Like I want to give my statement. It's like no, I right. got, I got it. Fuck you. Right. But she didn't really say that, and then she just walks away. So this Man. is the thing. I always imagine Law and Order as uh, as not really being a kind of show that like carries plot story from like episode to episode. But, like, that dynamic between the two of them must have been continued to some degree in the next episode, right? No, it is, yeah. It is, the, okay. The, it's, a, it's the main difference between SVU and the regular Law & Order bill is that there are there is sort of a seasonal arc okay. to okay. SVU, where in Law & Order, uh, the regular Law & Order, there is nothing. All right. No, it's That's just episodic. Basically. Yeah. Okay, so. cool. Well, there you go. So dun, thanks dun. for uh, yeah, done done. Thanks for tuning in, folks. You know that was a good time for the old tipster. Uh, I'm sure Max and Bill want to kill me, and I'm sure the audience will too. But uh, just let you know, I don't have any bullets in my gun. So <laughs> suicide by podcast. Yeah. Yep. Our movie review podcast where we do a lot of nostalgic '80s and '90s movies and. Or random season three, episode five, Law and Order SVU. Episode, episode two. Early, episode two. Early 2000 TV shows. Excuse me. Excuse yeah. me. Episode two. Let's just get it right here. Raph. Great name. You're right. Yep. It is episode two. I wrote that down, Tim. I'm, I apologize. <laughs> Max, we get to the end of this. Max is like, yeah, I didn't really recognize any of this. I'm probably, I think I watched episode <laughs> I watch five. Episode three. <laughs> <laughs> why would, now I know why she was so upset at Stabler, but... <laughs> I just, I just assumed, you know, chauvinistic stuff. Like, ah, oh, she's just not a period. Whatever. 